0: You're listening to the Grind Hours Podcast.
1: At the wall! See ya. See ya.
2: Joining me for what usually is the last week of the season, but not anymore. Week 17. It is the usual Monday morning recording or Monday afternoon recording, excuse me.
1: I am back. You can call this Monday morning quarterback.
2: Well, yeah, it, we are basically Monday morning quarterbacking it, but it, just in podcast form, I am back in Middletown for the first time in a long time. Um, Nick is in the car. I believe you're on your way to work a
1: little bit early. I am I am at this spot, but we're going to hang out here and do the show. So, All right, double duty. Not can, really, because you're not on the can... clock yet. I'm not on the clock for several more hours. So we're fine. So
2: starting this off and we wouldn't be a sports show if, and I say this all the time, it's, I sound like a broken record. We wouldn't be a sports show if we don't start local and we are not starting with the team that you think we would start with that actually has a chance played a competitive game yesterday. It is the other team that was in Chicago that um, I'm officially mm-hmm. out on the team. I, If you listen to the show on, I believe, Thursday or Friday, it went up. I think it was Mm -hmm. Friday. Um, Or no, it was actually New Year's Eve. It was New Year's Eve. So that, that was Saturday. Anyway, I picked the Giants plus whatever the number was. I don't know why I do. I don't know why I've done it throughout this year. It is a colossal mistake. This team... Not just on the field. They're not good. They're, they're subpar. They, they should be picking where they should be picking the headline though, is the bewilderment that comes out on a weekly basis at this point of Joe judges mouth. Um, yes.
1: I'm glad to, you went
2: there to say that he's cause... blowing smoke up. Everyone's asses. I think is too polite. He's just talking I... himself in circles. At this point, can I Go borrow ahead.
1: a phrase? Can I borrow a phrase from uh, our our hero Don LaGreca, For uh, for a second, Joe Judge. I'm done with him. <laughs> done with him. This is. I, I I I listened to the press conference. I mean, it's unbelievable the the, the nerve of this guy, the absolute gall of this individual to get up there on a stage after a 29 to 3 loss after a loss where Saquon Barkley has finally has a good game and you can't even muster up a touchdown after a loss where your quarterback goes 4 of 11 for 24 yards passing and two interceptions after a game where you can't stop the Bears Matt Nagy's a dead man walking <laughs> and and the Giants couldn't stop the Bears it, it's it's this is unacceptable this was that was one of the worst losses I've ever seen in my football watching life and literally we talk about this last week we talk about this the week before every time you think the Giants have hit rock bottom they sink lower and then he has the absolute unmitigated gall to get out at his press conference and not only not only take no responsibility for himself but say I've got guys on other teams now that say they wish they were still playing here Who send the receipts? There is no way anybody Dalvin Dalvin Tomlinson, who? Which one? Which one? There's no way that any of them wish they were here in this dumpster fire. There's not a worse team in football right now. The Jaguars Uh, are losing, but at least they're competitive. They were in the game with the Jets until the last possession. The Jets are terrible. They almost beat the Buccaneers yesterday.
2: The Jaguars are a worse situation. I'm going to pump the – I will put on the worst team in football. I will put on my Giants apologist hat, and this – I feel like I'm just an apologist of every team that I don't root for in this city at this point because (laughs) the Jaguars are in a worse situation. They have a head coach that – I mean, he was the worst head coach in NFL history, and he's no longer there. now. They have a team – the number one overall pick the golden boy who in the last three weeks has lost to three rookie quarterbacks that were taken after him they have a situation where they lost to new england the only other team that new england has put 50 on is the jets and they put 50 on the jaguars that they are in a worse situation they have next to nothing the giants have next to nothing but the jaguars have one guy that's it one that's it the Giants have zero the Giants I will agree with this and defend Joe Judge even though he is indefensible at this point I will defend Joe Judge in saying this there are guys on this roster that are building blocks he is correct on that however he is not the coach to set the foundation he should not be the right There the guys are there. There are some guys. Now, there are other guys that shouldn't see the light of day in this league, and that is proven, i.e., the quarterback position. But there are foundations listen. I got
1: I got eight thousand, I got eight hundred Lego pieces back at my dad's house from when I was a kid, but I, I'm not the one to build them into the fucking clone turbo tank again. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. He, he's not the guy. You can have all the building blocks in the world. If you don't know how to stack them together, you're not the right coach.
2: No. So that is probably the only thing that he said correctly in the entire press conference. I also like you and like many people in this town want to know who the giant, the former giants are that are calling them twice a week and who are the current giants that I mean, it's one, two, three Cabo at this point. They don't want anything to do with this guy. And I think just by him saying, I have guys that are about to leave that are begging me to stay. That, I mean, there is not a, a more untrue statement
1: in this and that has been said this year. I mean, it doesn't even make sense if you break it down. They're, they're, I've got guys begging to leave, but they're, they're, I've got guys about to leave that are begging me to stay. But why are they, why are they about to leave? Right. Take the contract the Giants are gonna give them if they want to stay. <laughs> can offer it.
2: No, it it Leave. it doesn't make any sense. And at this point, I want to be a fly on the wall in the locker room because I want to know what he's telling those guys. Because he's not telling the, the guys in the locker room the same shit that he's spewing to the media and telling the public. Listen,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna just tell it like it is. We've seen two years of this guy now. The, Joe Judge is not a football coach. He's a snake oil salesman. He's pulling the wool over everybody. I, 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 it's it's embarrassing to watch. The results speak for themselves. What do they say? You are what your record says you are. Mm-hmm. What do they say? The Giants are terrible. They're the worst team in football, in my opinion. And I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to borrow another phrase from our friend Don LaGreca. I'm not watching next week. I'm done. I'm out. Giants, goodbye. Wow. I'm, I'm not watching the last game. I'm done. I give up. I can't do this to myself week after week. I can't. I. You you know what? If I want to watch football, that's why we got the Jets in town that are actually playing competitive games toward the end of the season. That's why we got the playoff picture winding down. Steelers, Browns tonight is gonna to be fun. Lots of divisional matchups next week. The Buffalo Bills are in their 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 stretch run. You know what? There's lots of other options. I got the Red Sox. I got basketball going on. Well, you I got the Red college Sox right
2: football.
1: now. I don't know the Red Sox right now. I got the college football playoff championship coming up. I don't need this in my life. I don't need to watch this garbage football team go out and embarrass themselves yet again on the big stage. I don't don't need it. I don't need to watch it. It doesn't need to come near my eyeballs. Zilch, zero. Negative interest. Giants, goodbye. I have a couple of things here.
2: Number one, I hope you're not working next Sunday because if you are, you might have to section yourself off from a por- portion of the bar because the Giants will be on one of those TVs. Best believe someone who's walking through those doors is going to ask you if the game's not already on, can you put the Giant game on? There is somebody that's going to tell
1: gonna them ask no. That. No, I'll put the Jets on all three TVs. I'll say, <laughs> you want to watch the Giants? TGI Fridays is right there, buddy. <laughs> Second thing. Not in my building. Second thing here. You've reached
2: the point at, that I can sympathize with wholeheartedly because I've been there plenty of times in the past decade, i.e. the Mike McCagnin era, i.e. Adam Gase. I've been there, and I haven't watched my team, and it has pained me that I have to be at that, in that position. So I sympathize with you, and I am interested, for all the listeners out there, Please tweet me and Nick if you feel the same, because that is the one sentiment. And I, I if you've listened to the show, you know that we we borrow from the K show and uh, occasionally from Carton and Roberts, and you know Francesa before him, before them, and other shows mm-hmm. throughout this town. All we're our heroes. Sports, we we are sports radio junkies. You, if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that about us. That is the one sentiment from from all the callers on regardless of the network that you listen to or the station that you listen to. That's the one sentiment I have not heard yet. I have not heard somebody say I'm done with this team. I'm not watching. And that's how you really hurt the team. As you don't watch, you don't tune in, you don't pay money to go watch this team play. I'm really interested to, to, to know how many of the giants fan base, or how much of the giants fan base feels the exact same way you do. At this point, it's granted. It it is warranted. Everything. Joe Judge, it's amazing. This heel turn from, because I was singing his praises last year, and now, like you, I'm I'm out on the guy. So it is very, it's amazing how quickly the fortune has turned for Joe Judge. And that's all I'll say on that, because there's not much more to say other than they are, A blazing dumpster fire yes moving to the jets and to my team oh was yesterday a a a grandiose mixture of emotions it i will (laughs) read you a text from my grandmother because i was texting with her i was working yesterday i had the game on on mute and i was going back and forth between what i was working on and and the game so i was checking the game frequently watching it sometimes simultaneously with what I was what I was working on mm-hmm. so this is a text let me get so i started off at 225 when the game went to halftime what a half my grandmother yeah. says oh my god best half in years i said hopefully we can keep it up in the second half this is a text let me get the time right at 305 PM from my grandmother i don't care if they win or not brady sacked intercepted i'm already happier than i've been in years i said in response this is the best game in a long time the very next text message after i said this is the best game i have seen in a long time almost mm-hmm. 50 minutes later is, i hate tom brady
1: <laughs> well said
2: I, there's
1: no other way to describe it. I mean, that mixture of emotions.
2: And it was, it was the best game I've seen this team play in damn near 10 years. Almost as good. You have to go back to like the playoff run of a decade ago of the Rex Mm -hmm. Ryan led jets to see a game that was played on both sides of the ball as well as they played. Against the defending Super Bowl champions, I was on the phone this morning with uh, with the Cuzzo, with John, and I said it was it was sweet that that game was sweet for up until the the Brady comeback for a multitude of reasons. One, it's the defending champion Bucks, so you're beating the defending champs at, in your building when you're supposed to get absolutely manhandled and crushed. It was the, I think the final line yesterday before we kick off, was 14 and a half. So you're supposed to get demolished. Mm-hmm. Two, you're beating Tom Brady. So the whole nostalgia of him just killing you for 20 years, I went back and looked at it. Do you know what Brady's record, including yesterday against the Jets is in his career? Um,
1: I'm going to guess over... I'm gonna guess 38 and seven. You're
2: damn close. You got the seven wow. right. You got the seven right. He is twenty-nine and seven in his career against the New York Jets, including yesterday's win. That Jesus is very Christ. impressive, my friend. But it speaks to <laughs> Brady's ownership of the Jets throughout his career. So you're beating Brady. That's that, that's the, the second tent pole. The third tent pole is Zach Wilson is outplaying Tom Brady, the GOAT. Right. Zach Wilson, the guy that everyone said, Oh, he sucks. We're gonna throw him to the Wolves. We don't want nothing to do with him. He outplayed Brady. He played the best game of his career yesterday just to have Brady come back down. And if you look at the I will get to the fourth, fourth down play in a second, the, Q, the QB sneak. But once they didn't pick that, once they didn't get that first down, every Jet fan, other than screaming, are you bleeping kidding me? They knew their their fate was sealed. They knew Brady was going to go down and just torch him and rip our hearts out again. And he did. And I hate him for it. He, I I can't wait for this dude to retire. I don't want anything to do with him. He kills my team more than anybody. It's oh, it 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 brings back so much hate and and dread and just sadness that this guy can just go in and, and just do it over and over and over and over again. I can't wait till this man retires. But the fourth down and two play, if you look at it, and I went back and looked at it, and there are a bunch of good articles, specifically Mike Vicaro's article in the Post this morning, on the, fo- uh, on the whole game and the fourth down play. If you look at the play, it, it's supposed to go to Berrios. You know, he could have crawled for the first down. That's how, that, that's mm-hmm. how open the, the, that, the, the right side of the formation was it's john said you know be be happy be happy there are steps that that you took in this game and i agree with that but i can't be happy right now will i be happy at yeah. the end of the year sure but in the moment it's i can't believe i, I can't believe
1: it because it's been my entire life brady just killed so that's it. the that's the thing right i mean i mean when you're a fan, you live in the moment and you appreciate the bigger picture after the fact. So we'll look back, you and I will look back in the offseason and say, this was the game where the defense finally stepped up. This was the game where all of the little things, all the little flashes that we saw out of Zach Wilson throughout the year, they finally materialized and he was he was able to move this offense with ease. This is the moment where we'll look back and say, this was this has been the the defining game not the defining win necessarily but the defining game of the Robert Sala era so far and we're going to look back on all of this and we're going to say this was a great building block for the future and uh who are the correct me who are the Jets playing next week Buffalo is it Miami Buffalo. Buffalo so Buffalo is locked into the playoffs are they not
2: let me double check you because My point is
1: I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the, the Jets ride off this momentum and upset Buffalo next week. The Buffalo Bills, yes, they are, they are playoff bound. All right, upset City, Jets winning next week.
2: Well, <laughs> I would assume that some of the starters for the Bills are not going to play because they're going to rest up for the playoffs.
1: Even so, a win is a win.
2: A win is a win, yes. But I, would get, I, I wouldn't go Broadway Joe and guarantee a win, but I would be very enthusiastic about a win. If the Bills needed to win, the whole week, Sala would be pumping to his guys. We could knock a division rival out of the playoffs. And that would be, you know, bulletin board material. Let's go get them. We're, we're riding high off of a win against Jacksonville. And almost a win, even though there's no such thing as a bad loss or a good loss against Brady and the defending champs. They played their asses off yesterday, and it wasn't good enough. It was two yards not good enough. And that stings. And uh, but it's going to be competitive. And, and I ended the call with John, and I will end this before we move on, mm-hmm. by saying you know am i am i happy yeah kind of because all i wanted this year was just to be competitive if you go back to week 1 that's all i that is the number one thing i wanted this team to be is at least competitive and we're getting to a point now where we can take the defending champs down to the wire and almost win that's being competitive. That's what I want. That's the the building block that I want to set for this year is to have Robert Sala and Zach Wilson be competitive in football games, because once you're competitive, you can learn how to win the games. Mm -hmm. Once you're in that situation, so many times you learn, okay, this is how we win. And that's what you did yesterday. That was one of the, that was one of the first games where I'm like, okay, we're now borderline competitive, and that's what I that, – that's all I want from this team, from all the mediocrity and below mediocrity and Adam Gase, go shove it. <laughs> from all that, that's all I want from this team because we haven't seen competitive football in a very, very long time. Since Foos Gold, Brian Fitzpatrick left in 15. Right. The last time we saw competitive football in for gangrene, so I'm, I'm happy with that, but it still saying that Brady kicked our ass on, a, on a, another game-winning drive with 90 seconds or something like that on the clock. Let's take a really quick break and uh, we'll be back after this.
0: Hey kids, are those ancient records getting tiring in these troubled times? Finally time to get your ass off the couch and make something of yourself? Well, of course not, because there's yet another podcast you'll be recommended and not actually listened to. Put on your fun hats, we're on our way. You're damn right. All jokes aside, if you're a fan of the Grind Hours podcast with Joe Leo, you'll be right at home here. Want to know that the Ford Bronco is back?
1: Guys, the Ford Bronco is back.
0: Indeed, the Ford Bronco is back. Alongside those pressing news snippets, you'll get complaints about the Wilpons, Bobby Vanilla, and the New York Mets as well as riveting life advice from the resident love swami, Nicholas J. Parodies.
1: I saw condoms in my son's plastic bag when we arrived at the house. Two packs with 36 each. Jesus Christ, dude.
0: Subscribe at your local podcast depository, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. New episodes are posted weekly every Friday. For our weekly advice segment, please send us a message over at anchor.fm slash children's dash programming dash pod. We always look forward to hearing from you.
2: And the first half, we discussed the dumpster fire that the Giants continue to be. I say I feel like we're saying that at nauseum at this point. The Jets mm-hmm. almost win against the defending champ. Let's switch to the college game to some pain for me. It is an SEC championship rematch like it has been mm, three times before I think three times in the past decade yeah so it is the SEC championship again on the national side in terms of the other two teams because I do want to focus on that because we will have time to talk about this championship game at a different time
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I'm a Michigan fan No shit. You, Nick, you are a Cincinnati apologist. You have defended this team. I am a Cincinnati apologist. Through and through this year, I, unlike you, don't think that they actually played up to the competition and got absolutely manhandled. I know the score was the score at halftime, and I know what happened, but they they were in a different league against Alabama now
1: here's the thing here's the thing because I had a lot of I had a lot of discussions discussions really more like Twitter fights with um stupid people over this over the weekend stupid SEC fans by the way you know I I apologize if you get you know a backlash for this Please put the backlash on me. SEC fans are the stupidest bunch out there in the country. I mean, there's there's no other way around it. For a guy to look me metaphorically look me dead in the eye and say that Ole Miss would have taken Cincinnati behind the woodshed, delusional. Delusional. There there's no semblance, no room for facts, no semblance of reality down there in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, it's just Nonstop delusion. But the point I wanted to bring up today is, yes, I agree. Cincinnati was manhandled. They definitely did not play their best game. The defense played great, but the offense let them down. There is a bigger
2: issue for me here, and I sent this to you. We, we were talking about this as Michigan was just getting – fit after they were finished being put through the wood, wood chipper. They, they got yes. absolutely – ransacked boat raced whatever term you want to use they played horribly horribly here's what i will say about the uh the playoff yes other than you know i agree with you cincinnati and michigan this year didn't belong michigan if they played how they played against ohio state the game would have been closer i still think they would have lost but the game would have been closer It now opens up semifinals are supposed to be competitive. It's supposed to be the four best teams. Alabama and Georgia are so far ahead of everybody else this year. And Alabama has been so far ahead of everybody else for the past decade that it has made the
1: semifinals uncompetitive. Do you want to know what I think should be done to rectify this situation? (coughs) Go ahead. And. I don't think anybody else is talking about this, at least not that I've seen. I'm a changed man coming out of this weekend. I used to think that playoff expansion was the way to go. I don't necessarily think so anymore. I wouldn't be opposed to playoff expansion, but I don't necessarily think it's the way to go. I think the problem, and you brought up a great point with the, if Michigan had played, The same way they played against Ohio State, things would have been different. Well, why didn't they? Let's think about this for a second. Could it be that there was a month layover between the last time they played and now? Could it be that with a month to prepare, it's inevitable that great coaches like Nick Saban are going to be able to just mop the floor with literally whatever opponent you put in front of them? Maybe instead of expanding the playoff necessarily, we would be better served by backing it up a few weeks. The week after after conference championships is the first round. The week after that is the national title game. And then the bowl games follow. Ah, no. Why not? Why not? Because I
2: think... In order to to give the bowl games, because there are already way too many bowl games. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel, for God's sakes, had a bowl game this year. There are way too many. The the Cheez-It Bowl went from a meme to an actual bowl game with Dabo freaking getting a Cheeto bath or a Cheez-It bath. There are way too many bowl games. But the only way that they have actual validity is because the national championship is a bowl game. The semifinals. No, are I, see,
1: but see, I don't think so because there's no like there's there's no meeting to them regardless. They don't count for for your conference record. They don't count towards really no, but anything no, except it, bragging. People right? watch
2: them because people watch them because they want to watch college football leading up to the national championship.
1: I don't I see. I don't think that's true. I really don't. I mean, you're telling me that just because we already know that Alabama was the best team in the country that nobody's going to be watching the Rose bowl. Well, that's different.
2: That's the Rose bowl, but no one's going to watch if the national championship is two weeks after conference play, which I think we should get a week off. If you, if you want to do it that way, get a week off after conference championships, then start the following week. So the national championship would be three weeks after, if you want to do that, it would sort of kind of line up with New Year's and I could see how that would be awesome. I could see how that would, that would work,
1: but the rest of the bowl I games, think... no one's going to watch them. Of course they are. People watch them now and there's no reason to watch. All right. I maybe I was watching, I was watching a couple of weeks ago. I was in a Scotchtown craft watching the Gasparilla bowl with Florida and UCF. You know why I was watching it? It wasn't because it had any benefactor of the national championship. I was watching it because it was on. All right. Well, maybe I'm
2: just like set in my own ways and the old man on the couch.
1: I think that this would be a good decision for the sport of college football and that this could pay dividends. Because what I, in my opinion, from what I see from having watched the games over the years, because I've watched literally every college football playoff game up to this point what i think the problem is with this system is that there's too much time off the idea of a playoff is that you can have a cinderella run where somebody gets hot at the right time or somebody gets cold at the right time or at the wrong time rather and we end up with a cinderella story in the playoff that's what makes march madness so that's what makes every playoff so compelling But the problem with the college football playoff is that there's so much time in between the regular season and the national championship that you end up with hot teams cool off and cold teams warm up. It's a good point. It's a good point. I think
2: I like that idea. I do but I would buffer it by saying this. I think the expansion also needs to happen. I think it needs to go to eight teams. You can give, you know, the Alabama and whoever, or whoever, the, like the one and two seeds, the bye so they don't play. So you could do it if you want to do your setup. The week after conference championships, you know, it's the first round, there's a bye week for the, for the top two seeds. The next week is the semifinal. And then the following mm-hmm. week, Around New Year's, you could actually even do it on New Year's Day if you want to. I don't think they would because I think it would ruin, you know, the New Year's Six. And or they could, they could do it, you know, where they start with the Rose Bowl and then that leads into the National Championship game. I think that would be incredible, absolutely incredible, an amazing day. New Year's Day is already a a day for college football, but that would make it even more so. Mm -hmm. But I think moving to eight teams needs to happen. Because the more and more that Alabama and Georgia or Alabama and X team beat up on everybody, regardless of the month off, the more and more that they beat up on everybody, the more and more you're going to get the idiots on Twitter from the SEC or the Pac-10 or the Big 12 or whatever freaking conference you want to say. Or or the Notre Dame fans that say, we should have gotten a bowl game, whatever. The only way to shut them up is to give them the eight. And I think eight's enough. There's no, we're going to go to a round of 16. No, 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 no. An elite eight is enough. There's a, there, you might as well not play the college football season if you're going to go to 16 teams. Doesn't, doesn't work like that. I think you move to eight, you shrink the time in, and I think that's the perfect system for college football. I think that would mm-hmm. be the March madness for college football, the December madness, if you will, for college football. Yeah. Let's move back to the pro game. And Nick, you said you have a very intriguing overreaction this week. I don't. I, a, I think mine's lukewarm. So you go first. I think mine's lukewarm. You go first.
1: Uh it's it's a hot, it's a a, a, a hot take combined with a, a bold prediction. Okay. Overreaction. Um I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars next coach is going to be one Sean Payton. Hmm. Now. Processing. <laughs> processing, yes. Um, I think it's obvious to everyone except Sean Payton that Taysom Hill is not the guy. He might have won you the game, but really <laughs> he didn't win you the game. He didn't. He just managed to not lose you the game. Jameis Winston, even when he played this year, he didn't look great. The future is not looking that bright in New Orleans. They may be looking for a severance there. They may be looking to move in another direction. So Sean Payton could end up being a free agent coach. We know Shad Khan has boatloads of money that he's itching to spend. We know he wants a competitive product because he's probably going to move him to London in 10 years. So we know he wants a a competitive product. He'd back up the Brinks truck for Sean Payton. And I think Jacksonville is probably going to be the most exciting, you know, the most intriguing coaching vacancy this offseason because you've got a young, talented quarterback. You've got a ton of cap space, and you've got a high draft pick. So what's not to love? I think in a heartbeat, he would take that job. And the Saints are probably going to limp to a 9-8 and finish. You know, they're they're not in in a division where – The Bucs are still there in a division where it's not eminently winnable in the future because you're going to have the the ageless wonder Tom Brady to deal with. Maybe he looks for a new challenge elsewhere in the Southeast. I think Sean Payton is coaching the Jaguars next year.
2: Interesting take. I like it. Mine has to do with America's team. Hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're dead because they're not, even though they lost. And right, depending on which Cowboy fan you could say they were robbed. I think my overreact, I don't think, I know that this is my overreaction. So, my overreaction is I believe Jerry Jones regrets giving the money to Dak Prescott because I believe Mm. he now thinks because of the history that this guy has in the building. I think because Kyler is so good at at and Stadium, Jerry Jones is having second thoughts about giving the money to Dak Prescott and not just writing it out until Kyler Murray could be available in free agency. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Kyler Murray in his career is now 6-0 oh in at and Stadium. High school because he's a Texas kid, college, mm-hmm. and now in the pros, he has never lost at AT&T Stadium. He loves coming home. So Jerry Jones, yes. best believe, was trying to figure out a way to make Kyler Murray the next quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys last night.
1: I like it. It's spicy. Really quickly,
2: I want to do a spoiler. I will repeat it again. A spoiler review of no way home i do Okay. so if you were listening to this podcast and you have not seen spider-man no way home i will give you some time to click off the podcast thank you for listening we'll see you next
1: week yes follow me on all social medias at nick (laughs) Parodies. now let's talk about it so i will give again (laughs) click away if you see if you haven't seen the movie
2: here is your five second buffer time Again, spoiler review of No Way Home, five-second buffer time for you to click off so you don't get any spoilers.
1: Okay, so... Okay, uh, real quick, to quote the movie Spaceballs, this is your last chance to press the cancellation button.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, I loved it. I know you have some mixed feelings about it because I talked to John immediately after I got home from seeing the movie that you... Had a little bit of um, reservations about the movie, so I yeah, want to hear your I don't reservations. Love it the way
1: everybody else does. Why? Well, it's from a few things. Number one, I just don't like Tom Holland. I don't think he's a good actor. I don't huh. think he's a good Spider Man. I just he just he's not he's not pleasing to my eyes and ears in the <laughs> cinema. I don't I don't enjoy. Some people just don't like whatever actor for whatever I've yet to see a Tom Holland performance where I'm like, wow, Holland was good in that movie. I just, I haven't seen it yet. I, he seems like a nice guy, you know, seems like a wonderful man. No, no, no hate for him. No shade, but I just, I don't like his acting and I don't like his Spider-Man. I just don't. Um, real quick. Go ahead. Sure. Um, number two, I didn't love the fact that I, I I think MJ is the most interesting and most dynamic character in this new Marvel franchise. And I just don't think that Hmm. I, I like Zendaya in the role. I think she's an interesting character, but I don't think we got to spend really any, a whole lot of time with her. And I don't think she was given a lot to do outside of being the love interest and being, you know, this, this, and this. I loved, for example, I love the scene at the end where he loses his memory, or after she loses his memory, he deletes everybody's memory of him. I thought that that was a really great scene at the end where you can tell that she thinks, you can tell that she knows him from somewhere and right. she can't quite place where. I mean, that was an incredible bit of acting. I wish we could have seen more kind of intimate moments. You know, I, I, I like Ned as a character, for example. I do too. But I don't see why we... I, I, I like him as a character, but I don't see why we always need to get the three of them together. We, we, we would We would do well with some more Peter and Ned moments and some more Peter and MJ moments together. And my final gripe with the movie is let me pull up my notes real fast so i know i'm not misquoting anything so my my, my main thing is that i i've always i've always felt personally like the heart of spider-man is that he's not necessarily trying to save the world he's just trying to save the city he's just trying to get by he's 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 more uh, the best spider-man villains are like these petty crooks basically you know (sighs) OsCorp, green goblin Norman Osborn just wants revenge on his board for for kicking him out of the board you know he's out to cause mayhem he's not out to take over the world or anything like that those are the jobs for the bigger heroes in the universe and it just kind of annoys me with these Marvel with these MCU Spider-Man films that the last two have, have been about like these big like massive scale you know world threatening battles where the fabric of the universe could be ripped apart i'm just like come on man like why why aren't they calling in the avengers for something like this well because why can't spider-man why can't spider-man just fight you know the the fucking why can't we just have dr Octopus? i don't know i i i I don't in, for for a for a, a universe for for a film series where they've really been great about capturing what we like about these characters and what I like about these characters. I mean, the, I think their Iron Man films are great. I think their Captain America films are great. Their Guardians of the Galaxy films are great. They really tap into what we enjoyed about these characters as kids. I just i don't like I don't like their take on spider man i ha- I haven't enjoyed it. It's not oh. pleasing to me. An interesting but in terms of vague it is in in terms of i those are my gripes with in terms of the filmmaking there's not much I complain about I mean it's a well directed movie there's a ton of of well staged scenes there's good performances from everyone except Tom Holland because I don't like him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and it, it fits snugly in the, in the universe that they've set up. and I, I think that for what they were trying to do, for what they were going for, they succeeded. I don't hate the movie. I okay. enjoyed it. I had fun. But I, 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 I would have done things differently.
2: Okay. So for me, that's... I thought the, the reasons why I thought you didn't like the movie was because it was so fan That's what I loved about the movie. I love that every single thing, because let me just say this. Mm -hmm. This movie is dope and badass for different reasons than Shang-Chi was or the the new Doctor Strange movie that's going to come out. Why that's Mm -hmm. going to be just otherworldly good. Because I mean, the
1: highlight of this is the final third because they've right. got they've got Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland all together, all teaming up. I mean, I loved it.
2: Right, that fan service and every single thing that you know from from murder from um, Daredevil showing up. I literally, I went, yes, we're off. We're like <laughs> we're off to the right start. We're 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 good. We're gonna this is gonna be amazing. And it was, and it hit on everything. And I know that, the, you know, Andrew Garfield was rumored and Tobey Maguire was rumored. They're both in it, they're both great. Um, did it seem- And by the to, way- Go ahead.
1: For anybody who ever is going to say ever again that Andrew Garfield was a bad Spider-Man. He was great. This is proof that he was not. Well,
2: he is not a good solo. He is great. When he is, I, and I mean, he was great in Tick, Tick, Boom. He was amazing in that movie and he learned to sing for that movie. So he was great as the leading guy in that movie, but that is the movie
1: that I thought I had, but sorry, you don't thought I had while I was watching that last third. I was like, I, in my opinion, Andrew Garfield, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man is what the Tom Holland Spider-Man should have been. Like when I was watching Andrew Garfield in this universe, I was like, this is, this is the character that should be in the Marvel cinematic universe. And I feel like he, his, his, his style fits so well. He's quick on his feet with his, his dialogue, you know, like Iron Man and, and a lot of these characters are. He's, he's very he, – he's, he's a natural fit in that world. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, but also, like, I would agree. Personally, I like Tom Holland. I think he's secondary to Tobey Maguire. I think Tobey Maguire is the best and will be the best Spider-Man that we have. If we – 100% do- agree. But, Andrew, it did, for me, make me go – Andrew Garfield actually is not that bad of a Spider Man. He was just bad because he was the only person. He, he was bad as the leading guy in those movies. <laughs> if he was second. And those
1: movies weren't, those movies weren't, especially the second one. The second one's awful. Right. I mean, that, that, mo- the moment where he saves MJ was all, that was she, one of the best. Movies. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's wrap, proof of what he could have done. Right, what to wrap this do. whole
2: thing up other than, you know, side note, seeing the the Tobey Maguire OG Spider-Man suit gave me fucking chills and it was amazing. And ah, pour that into my veins.
1: Just you know, yeah.
2: right now. It was awesome. The whole movie, fan service, when it's done correctly, is gr- fantastic it is so good and this movie for that is so good but it's I also do like than a good movie. I also
1: do like that one of one of the away lines from uh the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man where because the one of the, the one like lingering question from Spider-Man 3 is after all of this happened, after all of what went down in that film, are Peter and Mary Jane gonna be able to make it work? And I like that we had a little, you know, toss in there about, yeah, we were able to make it work. He's
2: just, he's fantastic, he's great. He's he is yeah. great and this movie i i want it to be remembered for what it is it is fan service that's all Mm -hmm. really i think that's all this movie is i think it is a closure on the spider-man that this mcu has created i think it is a bookend i think he will be involved in some way shape or form because venom is back he there there Mm -hmm. will be a new venom in the the MCU.
1: Well, and the cool thing is it sets up nicely to kind of go back to the roots of the character. Right. Because now he's, you know, he's living on his own. He's going to end up getting a job at the Bugle, probably. And nobody knows who he is. So it's basically like we get a fresh start.
2: Right. So I think, and it's going to, I think it's going to set up future Spider-Man. I don't think this was the last Spider-Man movie, but I think Mm -hmm. for the chapter, of you know going all the way back to phase one i think this is a bookend on that chapter and it's like okay we're going into the next with all these different guys and yes spider-man will be involved but i don't think you know the avengers will be mentioned again in a spider-man movie all right nick i think that's a good place to end um, all right tell the people what you got going on socials all that
1: uh, you can follow me at Nick Parodies on all social medias. You can follow the band at the underscore bad underscore ideas underscore on Instagram. You can follow children's programming at children's programming on Instagram at CHI programming on Twitter. And that's about it for your boy.
2: Nick, have a good shift. I will talk to you soon. Yes. Hopefully I will see licorice pizza this week and we can talk about that next week. Hopefully Fingers you won't crossed. want to miss it. I, I really want to go. I'll talk to you soon, brother, all right? All right. See you. On this side of the coin, not the fake J Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com, and, of course, this podcast. If you reach this point, please like, subscribe, share this podcast with anybody who you seem fit. Download the show. It means more to the show than you know. If you're on iTunes, please give us a review. Got some things working up. Uh, pay attention to my Twitter. Give me a follow. Please give me a follow for everything that's going on with not only the blog, this podcast, but, uh, also my Twitch, there's things in the works, so please, please, please give me a follow there, and, uh, yeah, it's closing time, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, peace.